Welcome to Tales from the Mooseverse. We're glad to have you here. My name is Ian. Toka the dragon left Montgomery the Moose and friends to face her family, the guardians of magic in her time, after erasing pizza from existence. But then, over 2,000 years further in the future, in Naples, Italy, Montgomery restored pizza. But today, let's find out what happened to Toka. As always, stay tuned after the story for a way you can join in. So now here's today's Tale from the Mooseverse. Come on, come on. Toka was impatient. Her journey over thousands of miles back to her canyon took more jumps than she had hoped. She knew time was of the essence, but with Guardians of Magic from two other eras also in 642 BCE, everything took a little more effort. She arrived back only minutes after leaving the group of creatures that was endangering the universe, but still it felt like she might be too late. The butterfly, or a group of butterflies, had come back in time, and who knows how long it would take for the ripples to affect reality. <sighs> she panted as she poured it into the evening shade of her canyon. She didn't have time to waste, but she needed a breath. Toka, came a voice from nearby, and the young orange dragon closed her eyes for a moment. There was no mistaking the voice. It was her mother's. Her mother, Koa, was larger than Toka. Her skin was blue with flecks of white throughout, which many, including Toka herself, viewed as a sign of wisdom and experience. Toka turned to face her fate. Mother, she started, I can explain. Good, the council is gathering now, her mother replied, and turned away for them both to leave. Toka's heart sank. Her mother was never warm and friendly, but she wasn't usually this short with her, like she wasn't even family. Mother, please. Toka, we all felt the warp in reality. This is beyond my control. Mother, please listen to me, Toka begged, stepping out of the shadows to come closer. Daughter, you're not listening to me, Koa barked back. I cannot do anything. The less I know now, the better. The council thought my judgment might be impaired. Toka became exasperated. Your judgment might be impaired? You mean they thought you might actually care about me because you're my mother? Koa turned to face Toka once more, this time with a scowl as she looked directly into her eyes. As I said, my judgment might be impaired. The heat beating down on Toka from the evening sky seemed hotter than any she'd experienced before, and her mother turned away from her again. Toka knew there was no winning this one. It already felt like she'd lost everything there was to lose, and she decided not to say anything more. There was a momentary stillness, and in that moment, Toka experienced the rushing sound of the river and the gentle breeze on her face in a whole new way. Despite everything, this place was her home, and she'd never felt it as much as she did now. We must go, Koa directed, and in a multicolored glow, they were gone. For the two dragons, no time passed before they were there. The place Toka carried vague memories of seeing once as a youngling, a place that occasionally appeared in her dreams, to the point where she wasn't even sure if this was a real place or not. But it was real. The caldera. A volcanic crater formed by a massive eruption and the collapse of a volcano's mouth. The caldera was used only for the most important of council affairs. Toka and Koa arrived directly in the lowest part of the crater, and the young orange dragon immediately felt the gravity of the moment. She was busy taking it all in when her mother whispered, 
I wish you well, child, and flew up towards the crater's edge. That's when Toka noticed that a number of pedestals had been carved into the crater's perimeter. At a quick glance, she thought maybe 20 of them surrounding her on all sides. On each pedestal stood one of the council members, with Koa flying towards the only empty one, completing the council as she landed in place and turned to face her daughter. The large cloud above felt ominous. The indistinct chatter coming from the dragons around her, which echoed off the floor of the caldera creating a wall of sound, stopped as each dragon faced the center, faced Toka. Even in this massive space, Toka felt her world closing in on her. What have I done? she whispered to herself. She closed her eyes and took a breath through her nostrils. She briefly considered porting away or bringing Montgomery the Moose and Ringo the Horse to be here. After all, this was their fault, not hers. But bringing outsiders into the caldera was probably the worst thing she could do. And besides, she realized she was no longer in 642 BCE herself, or even on Earth. And that's when she pieced it together. The caldera sat in her grandfather's land. The way it had been explained to her when she was young was that the land had an agreement with reality and appeared on Earth once every 17 years. The rest of the time, it floated untethered through other realities. It didn't make sense to her, but she'd heard that a community of humans had formed on Earth where his land connects. Even Toka's family referred to him as the Great Icarus, but this group of humans worshipped him and waited for his reappearance, which was accompanied with a year-long celebration. Toka opened her eyes and looked with apprehension up to where her grandfather stood on the pedestal next to her mother's. He looked larger and much older than she remembered, but she hadn't seen him since she was a youngling. He still displayed the same dark red skin color she remembered, although she knew he could control his appearance as easily as thinking. The council waited for something to break the silence, and Toka thought that it was both gracious and intimidating to expect her to start, but she gulped and decided to begin. The great Icarus, grandfather. Silence, child, he boomed. You will know when it is time for you to speak. The cloud above grumbled with thunder, and every head in the caldera, including Toka's, lifted instinctively, and that's when Toka saw movement. Darkness in the cloud intensified, gradually taking shape into two wings which seemed to span almost the whole width of the caldera. Between the wings was a body, larger than any dragon Toka had ever seen. And this dragon was leaving the cloud and flying down towards her. It was the dragon Toka and every youngling heard about only in legend. The ancient green dragon, Opal the Magical, who had forged the dragon's relationship with magic in the first place. The wise, fierce dragon who legend said would live forever in one form or another. Opal, Toka whispered, awestruck. Her whisper seemed to echo around the caldera, or perhaps it was that the dragons higher up were as awestruck as she was. The moment was so intense that part of Toka wanted to disappear. Anywhere would be better than here. But she also felt frozen in place and calmer than she had any right to be. Opal the Magical landed in the bowl of the caldera a long way in front of Toka, but her final wing beats knocked the much smaller dragon off her feet. This felt like a pretty clear way to let Toka know how powerless she was in this situation, as if she needed any more reminding of that fact. Opal took one look at Toka. I can't believe this is real, Toka thought, and then lifted her head and glanced around to the many dragons standing around the periphery of the caldera. 
Then Opal the Magical opened her mouth to speak. Toga, she began, not looking at the young orange dragon. Daughter of Koa, daughter of Pok. As unbelievable as it was to hear that this legendary creature knew who Toka was, hearing her father's name stung. Toka's father had passed into the great unknown shortly before she hatched, and she never knew him. Do you understand why you were here? Opal's eyes met Toka's, and Toka knew she needed to respond. Yeah, you are here, interrupted Opal, because of a matter of the gravest importance. You have created a warp in the fabric of reality. Do you admit that you did so? Yes, but you do. Opal turned to look at the Council of Onlookers, as if she'd caught Toka in a trap. Council, she admits that she erased this pizza from existence. Toka tried desperately to intervene. Please, let me... I believe we have all the information we need, Opal concluded. Toka caught a glance of the dragons all around. Her aunt Mawa, her cousin Satnine, her uncle Obis... Even her own mother was nodding. Toka felt her heart sink. She was lost. Young Toka, you have brought this upon yourself, Opal the Magical began again, looking at Toka, who began to cry with hurt and anger. You will be stripped of your title of Guardian of Magic and will no longer be able to commune with it or use any of the powers magic grants you. The enormous green dragon lifted her wings and Toka could feel a change as energy began to leave her. But then Toka decided it wasn't going to go that way. No! Toka roared and launched herself up into the air, facing Opal the Magical head on. You will not strip me of my title and my powers without letting me speak! Opal backed up in surprise and even smiled a little. Oh? Is that so, little one? That is so! Toka could feel her whole body shake and her heart pound, and for a moment she couldn't believe what she was doing, standing against this hero of legend. As she floated in the air, she looked around. All faces were on her. She had everyone's attention. This was her moment. Just listen to me, she began. I did do something terrible. I know that. She unconsciously lowered herself a little. But I was with two guardians of magic from the future. Murmurs from the crowd grew into grumbles, which turned into indistinct shouting. From the future, you say? Opal began. Yes, they were here to fix a reality warp they themselves had created in their time. But that's impossible, came a shout from the crowd, with general agreement from all around. To fix a reality warp, Opal the Magical began, would take more than just the magic that we dragons have access to, even one as powerful as myself. Fixing reality takes more than magic, it takes creation. And no dragon in history has ever held that power. Yeah, well, these aren't dragons. Not dragons, came the shouts from all around. My dear, you must be mistaken, Opal said, attempting to control the situation. How could any guardians of magic not be dragons, she asked with a laugh. Well, magic chooses who magic chooses, and perhaps in the future dragons aren't worthy, Toka fought back. In fact, maybe we aren't now. The creatures I met were clumsy and messy and didn't know what they were doing, but at least they cared about each other. Maybe that's worth something. No, 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 Opal retorted with disdain. Magic would not choose anyone but a dragon. It's true, came a cry from above, causing Opal and everyone else to look up. It was a dragon none of them recognized, a mature brown dragon that looked, to Toka's eyes, a little horsey. I'm sorry, you were not welcome here, 
Opal said to the newcomer and waved her wing to teleport the creature away, but the creature didn't go anywhere. Opal tried again, but still, the creature was there. The new dragon made eye contact with Toka briefly and winked. Speak, stranger, Opal said to the newcomer. What is your name? I am... Ringo. Yes, that's it. Ringo. I am a guardian of magic from the future myself, and I am... A dragon. Yes, definitely a dragon. Toka hoped no one would see her expression as she closed her eyes and winced. There was no way this was going to help the situation. I am here to let you know something about the future, Ringo continued. You might call it a prophecy, if you want. It's, it's up to you. The group murmured once more, and someone shouted, Tell us, O oh great Ringo! Ringo puffed himself up to signify that what he was about to say was very important and would affect the future of the dragons for at least the next few thousand years. Then, confident that he had everyone's attention, he began. A long time from now, magic will break, and when it does, only a moose named Montgomery will restore it. The crowd was talking over each other now in dismay, panic, and anger. What did you say? Opal asked. What, you weren't listening? Because that was a pretty strange time to tune out. I said, magic will break, as in, it will be broken, and only a moose named Montgomery will restore it. How will we know this, moose? asked a dragon in the crowd. Ah, yes, I almost forgot that part. Thanks for reminding me. He will have a mouse riding on his head. A mouse? Yes, also called Montgomery, Ringo said. The crowd continued talking, and the noise level grew. Anyway, Ringo said finally, I think I've outstayed my welcome, and I've got to go. I have a life to live, you know. But just be kind to her, okay? He said, indicating to Toka below. She's right, you know. And in a multicolored glow, the mysterious stranger, Ringo, the definitely a dragon, disappeared. Opal the Magical took a few moments to soak in the crowd's disquiet before deciding she needed to take control again, and she would do that at Toka's expense. Toka, Opal growled, I do not know what you have set in motion here, but you have brought great danger to our society and possibly to all the realms of magic. You are hereby stripped of your title and your powers. Toka felt herself being lifted up and the energy of magic being pulled out of her again. Wait, stop! came cries from the crowd. What about what Ringo just said? He said to be kind to her. With what she's done, this is being kind, Opal called out and clenched her small hands to pull harder. At first it felt like breathing out large lungfuls of air, but then it seemed to go on for an eternity. It was both painful and exhausting, as if her life force itself was leaving her body. She couldn't speak. Her body was too out of her control to make any noise. Her strength was drained, too. She felt ready to collapse even as she hung in the air. And then it was over. Toka was magical no more and was lowered to the ground where she sunk in a heap. If caring for each other is what's important to you, I'm sure you can serve magic in a different way, Opal said condescendingly. Icarus? Toka, Icarus said from his pedestal, you will help to raise our newest youngling, our future ruler, the youngling known as Gonzalo. He's quite arrogant. I think you'll find him to be hard work. Toka lay where she was 
and sobbed. Without magic, she felt empty, alone. Through her tears, she managed to speak. It's no wonder magic leaves you, she said quietly, before raising her voice, which echoed throughout the hushed caldera. You're monsters. To do this? You didn't train me, didn't help me. All I ever wanted to do was to serve magic, to be the best guardian I could be. But you... She raised her voice further with anger. You wouldn't listen at all. You just think you always know what's best, so you've taken away my power. She stood. She was powerless, but every single dragon there was listening to her. This, she shouted, indicating to the caldera itself, including everything that took place there. This arrogance is why magic will leave you, and why you'll fight endlessly to keep it, and why you'll lose. Tears flowed down Toka's face, and she looked around at the stunned crowd. Even Opal listened, and yet Toka never felt more alone. And then she was alone no longer. In her mind, she felt Montgomery the Moose. He was a few thousand years in the future, in a place called Italy, reaching out to her and to that unpredictable horse. And then she felt creation. A ripple flowed through reality. Pizza had been restored. Toka lifted her head. The caldera was still. The dragons had felt the shift. Opal, too. Toka's body, which had felt so weak just moments before, was full of energy once again. Opal had stripped her of the connection to magic that she had been given as a dragon, but connecting with Montgomery rekindled a spark that she'd felt for the first and only time when they communed with magic. This was different, distinct. This was the power of creation. And Toka chose to step forward into this new power and embrace it. Energy surged through her body and light exuded from her, causing the audience to gasp. Opal spoke to the young orange dragon. Creation. They locked eyes. Well, young Toka, it appears we underestimated you and your friends. Opal looked around at the crowd of dragons, who wordlessly indicated that Toka should be reinstated. Ah, yes, of course, Opal mumbled. Toka, daughter of Koa, daughter of Puck, I hereby bestow upon you the title we have never had the chance to use before, a title held in reserve for a particular dragon, you. I title you Toka, guardian of creation. Unfortunately, I do not have the power to restore your connection to magic itself. But Toka was not just one step ahead of Opal. She was on a whole different plane. No need, Toka growled, dusting herself off. I've restored it already. A crackle of energy flowed over her, causing Opal to recoil. As for your title and responsibilities, she looked Opal directly in the eyes, then glanced over to her mother. You can keep them. Toka flapped her wings and lifted herself into the air. She didn't need to use them, but she wanted to soak in the moment as she addressed the legendary Opal the Magical and the whole council. She was still hurt and angry with them for how they treated her, and yet those feelings felt far away, like a remnant of a past life. She knew those feelings were there, but she wasn't going to let them control her. That wasn't who she was anymore. You know, she began, 
For future, an apology might have gone a long way, or perhaps just listening in the first place. She glanced around at the assembled dragons. Good luck with little baby Gonzalo. I mean that, sincerely. With one last look at her mother, who mouthed, I'm sorry, Toka, the young orange dragon flew up, and pulling a burst of magic from the assembled guardians, she jumped through time and space to begin, or rather, create, her new life. To be continued. Wow. What a story. We'd love to hear what you thought of this one, either by email at hello at mooseverse.com or by writing a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help our podcast find a new audience. Our favorite recent review is from Hezes, who gave Tales from the Mooseverse five stars and said, best thing ever. As always, we'd love to hear your stories about these characters or any others you'd like to write. Maybe you'd like to write a story about a time you felt unfairly treated or accused of something. Or maybe tell us a story about what Toka will do next. Where and when will she go? Send us your stories. We'll include some on our website, mooseverse.com, and we may even include a snippet on future episodes of the podcast. Email yours or any other comments or questions you have about Tales from the Mooseverse to hello at mooseverse.com. Find out about our upcoming StoryLab online writing classes for kids on outschool.com or on our own website, mooseverse.com. Mooseverse.com is also where you can sign up for our regular newsletter, including writing tips and all the latest Tales from the Mooseverse news. As always, we're looking forward to reading your stories. After all, the stories we tell and the stories you tell are all part of the Mooseverse. Thanks for listening. See you next time. 